In the name of the living God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Maybe one of the more famous of Jesus' sayings, but perhaps the most misquoted or misused. A simplest view would see this as the relationship between church and state, and I guarantee you a lot of ink has been spilt over that. But it might actually be a little more complicated. We might actually have to wrestle with this more than we'd like to. We can talk about this quote in a number of ways, but I'd like to focus today on allegiance. To put more bluntly, where is our first and our primary allegiance? When I was thinking and praying and studying for today's gospel lesson, I actually thought about the current NFL national anthem controversy. For a good part of the season, there's been a lot of press about who is doing what and why during the national anthem. Some players are choosing to kneel, some are choosing to stand, some are choosing to stand with fists raised, some I think are just staying in the locker room until it's game time. And if a press member asks a player or a coach or an owner what they're doing and why, there seems to be a no-win answer. If someone chooses to kneel, then they are not honoring America and they are disrespecting the troops. If they are standing, then they are approving police brutality, especially among the poor and minorities, or so the argument goes. Honestly, I, I feel sorry for anyone who has asked the question because there seems to be a no-win answer. And whatever is said, someone is going to be offended. Welcome to America, right? <laughs> and this came to mind because it seems that Jesus is in a no-win situation. So let's get a little context for the story. Anybody want to take a guess about what city Jesus is in? Jerusalem, yes, thank you. Is this Jesus' first trip to Jerusalem or his last trip? Last, thank you, yeah. Making it a little interesting, right? Why is it important that this is his last trip to Jerusalem? It's not your question. What's about to happen? He's about to be crucified. He's going to die, right? So here is Jesus coming to Jerusalem for the last time, and he's more overtly challenging, this is your last chance. Here I am. What do you say? He's on the attack. He's on the offensive. Here's what he's recently taught and what we've read the past couple of Sundays. He's talked about a father with two sons. Israel is a disobedient son. He's talked about an owner of a vineyard coming to collect his fruits. Israel is the wicked tenants and the kingdom will be taken from them. He's talked about a king giving a wedding feast. Israel are the guests who pay no attention and go about the business. Jesus is calling out Israel again and again and again. So now some of the authorities counterattack. The Pharisees and the Herodians went out to trap Jesus in his words. That's a clue right there. Pharisees and Herodians, they weren't exactly on the same team. Maybe they weren't enemies, but they weren't friends. Pharisees were all about the Jewish law. 
the purity of the Torah, the bloodline of Israel, and Herodians were kind of half-breeds, not full Jews. They, they were basically puppets of the Roman state. And yet here they are together. And they're trying to trap Jesus. The no-win scenario they give him is about a tax, a, a, a tribute coin that basically equals a day's wage. Very cunningly, here are the options. If Jesus says don't pay the tax, then he is in open rebellion against Rome. All they have to do is let Rome know and Rome will handle it by killing him. At the same time, if Jesus says pay the tax, then he's not the liberator. He's not the one who is going to free Israel from from Roman control. It's very crafty what they're doing. But here comes the genius of Jesus. Knowing their evil intent, he asked them to show him a coin used for paying a tax. Okay, simple enough. They bring him a coin and, and he asks, whose likeness and inscription is this? The obvious material answer is Caesar. But there is something more profound going on here. Genesis 1.26, God says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Jesus is asking them, what belongs to God? The short answer is everything. God the Almighty, creator of everything that is visible and invisible. Jesus is not trapped by a no answer, but he challenges them to consider their allegiance. You see, as Christians, we, we actually have a dual citizenship. We are citizens of whatever country we are born into. There's even a process of becoming a citizen of a, of a, of a certain country. Here in the United States, citizenship means that we have certain rights and privileges, right? But it also means we have certain obligations. There is a giving and receiving aspect of citizenship. We receive certain goods and services, but we also give. We know every year Uncle Sam is going to come knocking. And I know we have so much to be thankful for being American citizens, comparatively speaking, of basically winning the lottery by being born here or being able to live here. And I know that we have so much pride in being Texans, right? But I also want to say this very clearly the better, the more important citizenship is the kingdom of heaven. The United States, Texas, this citizenship, it will not last. But the kingdom, that's forever. So in a similar way, as citizens of the kingdom, we give and receive. The difference is that the Christian knows that Everything belongs to God. Everything is a gift from God. We are just stewards of his good creation. And since everything really belongs to God, we give him our first and our best, not our last and our least and our leftovers. This is something we actually have a lot to learn from the history of Israel. In the first book of the Bible, in the first few chapters, we meet two brothers, Cain and Abel. Both offer a sacrifice to God, but only Abel's sacrifice is accepted. Why? Abel offered his best and his 
firstborn from the flock, Cain did not. And that's just the first of many examples of God teaching his people, of teaching his citizens to be good stewards. All throughout scripture, the heroes of the faith are the ones that put God first. God forms his people to think in this way. You know, the firstborn males of the Levites, they were all to be priests for God. The first day of the year was a sacred assembly for the whole nation. It was a day of rest and a day of sacrifices. The first day of the harvest, they had the feast of first fruits. They offered their first fruits in recognition that God had given them the promised land. Why does God ask for our first and our best? Simply to save us from idolatry so that we don't end up worshiping created things. So we don't worship money or people or entertainments. God and his kingdom is our first priority, our ultimate allegiance. Last week, Bishop Iker visited us and, and spoke a little about, about this in his message. He, he reminded us that Sunday is the day citizens of the kingdom gather because it's the first day of the week. Sunday is the day of resurrection, the new covenant for a new creation for a new people. And to be honest, if we can't get that right, we're probably not going to get much else right either. So Sunday, the first day of the week, as good citizens, we come together to, to celebrate, to worship, to offer ourselves because it's the right way to begin a new week. Every day throughout the week, though, we should be setting aside time to spend with God. Did you know that 1%, 1% of one day is about 15 minutes? Surely we can spend 1% of our day with Jesus, whether in prayer or devotional reading, reading scripture, or just sitting in silence, quieting our soul. What's your best time for this? Morning, afternoon, evening? It's never too late to start a godly habit. We give our best to God, not our last, our least, our leftovers, because God gave us his best, his firstborn son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus challenges today, where is our ultimate allegiance? So in the week ahead, I would encourage us to be good citizens of the kingdom. Spend 15 minutes a day with Jesus, the best 15 minutes of your day. Start by pledging allegiance. Recite the Apostles' Creed. That's our baptismal covenant. That's what we believe, and we really should know it. And in these 15 minutes, whether you're reading or being still, pray for someone. Ask how you can be an ambassador of God's love towards him. All for his glory, now and forever. Amen.